0: Here's something I've been loving on my run lately, Curex. Curex is a leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex, your body will thank you too. Welcome to AMR Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea.
1: Wow. That was very Sarah Bowen Shay. Like, so this is Dimity McDowell Davis. <laughs> Do we talk like robots today? Should we talk like robots today?
0: Oh my gosh. We can be like Flight of the Concords. It is the very distant future, the year 2000. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. i are you there, Sarah. I am. I am hey. good. I am good. Um... You know, I got, um, a new, I got, I got a B and I got two B's in my workout bonnet, Dimity. Wow. Uh, yeah. All
1: right. Let's hear them.
0: Yeah. So I went on a bike ride yesterday morning when we had rare summer rain. We just never have rain at this, never have this time of rain e- uh, year. Do we have rain? But we had, and it seemed kind of light, but boy, it kept getting heavier as I was out there. <laughs>
1: Wait, why did you opt for a bike ride in the rain versus a run in the rain?
0: Because that's what I planned on doing that day.
1: Uh. Oh, <laughs> and there's, and there's no changing plans if that's what you oh, plan
0: for. You know, by the time I realized it was raining because it was so light, it didn't make any sound and mm-hmm. I had hurt and it, and I, uh, I was so, and then I'm like, Oh, I'd have to go upstairs, you know, cause I had my bike shorts on and all this stuff and I'm just like you know what and um we're recording this on Friday and and as you know dim we leave tomorrow to go away for a week to the coast So I'll be running a lot there. So I thought it was important to do a cross-training exercise.
1: I thought maybe you were like wanting to go out and like practice your bike handling skills on (laughs) surfaces or something like
0: that. No, no. I did, you know, with the new bike, I'm like, oh, I hope the the brakes work well. Um, And it it was fine.
1: Um, All right. So so you're out riding in the rain and you get a bolt of inspiration. How?
0: (laughs) I do. It was not lightning. But um, so I was riding on a trail that is parallel to the mighty Columbia River which divides Oregon from Washington, for all you geography geeks out there. And first off, saw um, a guy in an outrigger canoe all by himself. And, And I was like, oh, that looks really like tranquil and nice. And wow, I'd like that. And I've done, have you ever tried outrigger paddling? I've
1: never tried outrigger paddling. No, no.
0: Yeah, so I tried it. I wrote about it for Men's Fitness magazine a million years ago. So I went out in you know the the big um, rigs. I I know there's a specific term for them. I don't know what it is. So, um. It's so not, I went, It's not like a dragon boat, is it? Like does it's, it's, That's different. I've done that too. I tried dragon boating. (laughs) Um, So when you got, when you got one river dividing your city and another one dividing your state from the next state, you know, you spend a lot of time on the water. So, but not as much time as I'd like. That's what's I think driving all of this. And so uh, when I lived in the Bay area and was freelance writing, I went out with a team, an outrigger team a few times And it was, it was fine. But you know, at the time I was on a rowing team, I was on a crew, so I didn't switch over. And so I'm not looking for something that's as big a commitment as a team, but I was like, Oh, that'd be kind of appealing to go out occasionally. So, so so I might look into that, but then also more intriguing and more I have taken action more immediate is I saw what looked kind of like a buoy that was moving. And then I realized it's, um, have you seen those inflatable um you must have one maybe for maybe you did one for your swim run the, it, the life, uh,
1: like it's kind of like a lifesaver life preserver so mm-hmm. you, yeah so you,
0: yeah put it's, it's like an inflatable um you know not like a barrel. not barrels not the right term but like as if it, it would be like a pony keg that's inflatable <laughs> with air <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: more like it's 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 like it's a it is a like a, a, a it won't May not save your life, but it's a way to spot yourself in the water. And um, and triathletes who are unsure of themselves in the water use them quite a bit because they're spotted and it gives you a little extra um, flotation. um,
0: Yes. And I think it gives I think it also gives a sense of uh, mental security um, because Molly uses one when she when we swim in the pond she uses it. Sure, so, sure. No, I mean so, it's
1: definitely a great, a great little tool. I, what's a? I'll look it up. So, so tell me.
0: Okay, uh, okay. So I'll, you look uh, it up. You Google yeah. while we're doing this. Um. So then I realized that it was not just a buoy, but there was an actual swimmer out there in the Columbia, and you rarely see anybody swimming in the Columbia. And so you know, swimming parallel to shore, and I was like, why don't Molly and I do that? And um, we had just been the day before, the morning before, we had been at our pond, and it seems as if. Um, and we talked, Maul and I talked about this on, um, the episode that aired on Friday. We, uh, it looks like it might, we might be coming into scum season. Uh. Oh, (laughs) So, and also there can be kind of, um, there can be warnings of neurotoxins in the water and stuff like that. So based on algae bloom type things. So it's not like, you know, it's a sarin, um, poisoning in our, in our pond. And, um, so... I've obviously been watching some thrillers to you know things like sarin gas. Um, so anyway, so I um, talked to Molly very briefly on the phone and I told her I saw somebody swim and I'm like, hey, when I get back, you want to go swimming in the Columbia? she's like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Nice. <laughs> I'm like okay yeah. Yes, the, yeah, so there's a there's a beach. And we, she and I have both separately um, just gone to kind of frolic in the water there, and so we know it has a sandy bottom. And the Columbia River, again, the one north of us is much larger than the one that bisects Portland proper, and and that river is called the Willamette. And she and I have gone swimming once or twice in the Willamette. I don't find it a particularly appealing body of water. Sure,
1: sure. So yeah. Well, good. So- that's, that'll be really fun. I'm looking forward to hearing about it. Just remember, I know you know, but the current. Yes. <laughs> I've had this experience uh, paddle boarding recently is you're like, oh, my gosh, this feels so good. Oh, my gosh, I'm cruising. I'm cruising. And then you turn around, you're like, oh, I was going against the wind. Or you were going, you know, w- with the current, you know, yeah. or I was going with the wind. And so they have to turn around and come against the wind or yeah. against the current to come home. Yeah. So it's called yeah. a um, it's called a swim buoy and oh, there um, we go. so okay. that's so you put it around your waist um it gives you visibility and then it also works if you need to take a break you can give it a big hug and mm-hmm. um and just and float and, and catch your breath or- and it's
0: also very convenient because you can like a um, dry pack when you go kayaking you can store stuff in it in it so molly always puts and it's very secure because there's a little um it, kind of um little pocket in there almost, or a little extra pouch, a little sachet in there that you can, it has double closure. And then you put that inside the buoy itself.
1: Nice. And
0: so she puts our car keys in there so they don't get stolen if we leave them behind on shore or in the
1: um, locker room. Sounds very handy. We need to all go buy a swim buoy right after we're done with this podcast. So we do not have any
0: swim questions, but um, without further ado, this question comes from Kate in Old Greenwich, Connecticut, which, as she points out, is near my old stomping grounds.
2: Hi, guys. This is Kate, and I am in Old Greenwich, Connecticut, kind of out by Sarah's old stomping grounds. Um, I run in those backcountry curvy roads that – with all the trees that you guys were talking about. Uh, but my question is, sorry, I'm also out on a run. Um, my question is about shoes and cleaning them. Um, I don't mind if they get kind of dirty, but I just end up with a new pair that is white. And as you know, they won't be white for long. So I was curious, like, do you throw your shoes in the washing machine? Do you not care? Um, do you have a product that you use? So, just a quick question. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Keep up the good work.
0: So yes. So, um, but Kate is near a body of water. She's near the, uh, very lovely Long Island sound. So I hope that she gets, she would have more scenic runs than, in old Greenwich than I had in Stamford, Connecticut, my hometown. So anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Very good. All right. So now that we've covered the geography, yeah. um, so, you know, washing your shoes, um, is, uh, I mean, mine get dirty all the time because I'm mostly either, well, now I'm just hiking or walking on the, uh, Highline Canal Trail, which is um, a little dusty, right? It kicks mm-hmm. up a little dust. Mm-hmm. Um, but washing your shoes probably not a great idea. Washing old shoes, like once you are ready to um, retire them to gardening or slash, you know, easy walks, easy dog walks, that kind of thing, then you can absolutely throw them in. But the, But the washing breaks it down. Right, Sarah?
0: Yes. Yes, it most certainly does. Um, because so first of all, I have to say I chose this question because I just got two new pairs of topo phantoms, and they are gorgeous. One is this great aqua blue color that and you know me, and if you've been to our um you know, if you've looked at our merchandise, you know that I love the color blue, so then I went running over on a um very smooth fire road here, so no need for trail shoes. And so I'm like, oh, I'll wear my favorite new shoes. <laughs> they were all nice and blue. And then I come back, I'm like, wow, they got dirty. So but I, I do not wash my shoes. I just accept that they're dirty because, you know, they um it, it does damage to them to, yeah. to wash your yeah. shoes. So yeah, so putting them
1: putting them into the washing machine breaks them down, right? I mean, especially mm-hmm. like you know, we don't know the chemical components of the uppers and the <laughs> um, and the you know the midsole and that kind of thing. But definitely drenching them in water and making them spin around a lot is probably <laughs> not a great idea. Yes. Um, you can definitely. I mean, I've definitely taken a hose to my shoes after oh. um, mm-hmm. after a run, like um, like when I was doing swim run, you know, and because you get out and you're feet are wet your shoes are wet and then you go run on trails and so that's like you know a magnet basically for dirt (laughs) Um, so I would bring them home I would take my insoles out my orthotics out hose Mm -hmm. those off hose out the other you know hose out off the shoes um stuff newspaper in them and Mm -hmm. then let them dry in the sun and Mm -hmm. yes that's the story about when um my uh my orthotics got stolen remember that yeah by a raccoon or something not stolen. They got banded off by some kind of rodent who I think was attracted to the smell slash salt. Oh, my God. I just had a flashback. That was like a day before the race, too, or two days before the race. I oh, God. I think I, like, suppressed those memories. Anyway, um, so you can do that, you know, with a hose. You can do that in a sink, you know, with mm-hmm. just a nice brush. And, you know, mm-hmm. so obviously, you don't want to soak them forever, but you can definitely give them a little polish. Um, I almost think of it the way that you like would want to clean like a computer keyboard or screen. Like, yeah, you want to get like the top stuff off, but you don't want to go too deep into the, into the (laughs) motherboard. Right. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: And you would not use water on your computer, but I see it it is, it is a good analogy in that respect. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, the few times when I've gone on a really muddy run, sometimes I will wash mine in the I guess you call that a utility sink that we have in our laundry room. Mm hmm. And so, yeah, and, you know, that's a good use for an old toothbrush, you know, obviously don't use your current toothbrush.
1: Um, and also, that's advice that people really needed. <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. Kate in old Greenwich, Connecticut was like, oh, I was going to use my new, you know, use an, an ex-boyfriend's toothbrush mm-hmm. that has left, been
0: left around. Um, so, you know, as Dim said, she took out her, her orthotics, you know, you want to take out the insole. If you want to get fancy, you can also remove of the laces. And so I did find a great step-by-step article on how to wash your shoes. It's from ASICS. So we will link to that in the show notes. And Dim, you said that, um, you know, you said the stuff, the newspaper, and that's awesome. But then you said you put them in the sun and you really want to keep your shoes out of direct sunlight because that also breaks down materials. Oh,
1: okay. All right. Good to know. That's, that's the reason why we got one. 8th instead of seven.
0: <laughs> <It's been laughs> yeah, that's good to know. That's good to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I recently started wearing a new model of running shoes, and I really like them. Then I substituted Curex Run Pro insoles for the flimsy factory insoles, and my feelings for the shoes switched from like to love. Curex insoles provide flexible support with just the right level of rigidity. Before, the shoes felt a tad bit sloppy. Now I feel at one with them. Curex is the leading over-the-counter insole that is highly customizable and provides dynamic arch support, whatever your arch height. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three options, high, medium, and low. They have a thin, non-bulky profile, yet deliver maximum support and comfort. I'm no longer putting in marathon training miles, yet as a middle-aged runner, I usually have some body part or another talking to me. Yet this morning, as I was pulling on my running clothes, I realized I'm currently 100% pain-free. Knock on wood. I think running on Curex insoles is a big reason. Try Curex insoles for yourself, risk free, today. The company offers a 60 day warranty even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit Curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C U R R E X dot US with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex.us. All right, this one is from Britt in Buffalo, New York.
2: Hi, my name is Britt and I'm calling from Buffalo, New York. I'm calling with a question about soaking your buff in water. So I wear a buff because of COVID when I run and what I've been doing since it's been 75 degrees with 90% humidity at 6 a.m. in Buffalo lately is soaking my buff in ice water before I put it on for my run. So what I'm wondering is, does soaking it in water reduces effectiveness for blocking nasty COVID particles when I run by people? Thank you so much. I love your show and looking forward to when we can have retreats again. Bye.
1: So good good question, Britt. Um mm-hmm. so Sarah, you did some good research for this, right?
0: I did. I did. So um, yes. Yeah, so in, I came across a fascinating, yet somewhat disappointing news and that running buffs don't adhere to the CDC, the um, center for disease control face covering guidelines, like those calling for multiple layers of fabric. Um, so in this, in a statement, the, um, I guess buff USA has put out a statement and explained that while their buffs and neckwear fully cover your neck and mouth, their items cannot protect against getting or passing of the coronavirus. So, oh no, because there are so many runners and cyclists out there who are looking for a easy up and down type.
1: Yes. I've used, I've done that on the bike for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that's a little, Mm -hmm. a little disappointing for sure. So it, I do have to say though, it,
0: it, most people probably don't know that. So I personally think a lot of it is about appearances because I, um, I unless you're really in close confines with people you know, there's been very, very few cases shown to happen from adult, sorry, from outdoor tr- transmission. So, um, so anyway, so they still make for good show, but they don't work. So I feel that the question then because of that, of whether the buff is wet or not, Brit is, is moot. Because, you know, and also, even if you're not getting wet with water, you're also getting it wet with sweat. So, so buffs, while they look cute and are more comfortable than masks, they don't work for the,
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, at least according to the CDC. Right. So that's, that's, an, and, and the fact that Buff has acknowledged that I think is important as well. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. but Britt, I mean, if you, you know, if you want to keep wearing a face covering while running, we definitely support that. Um, there are definitely some new running specific masks coming out very regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, Athleta debut, de- just debuted um, two layer masks made of polyester and spandex. Um, as well as a cotton liner. In mid-September, ASICS is bringing out um, a runner's face cover with strategically placed air vents. Um, it actually also allows a runner to drink while wearing it, which is um, very uh, interesting. I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what that looks like. Um, mm-hmm. I know New Balance has one that's done really well. I saw um, a, a runner's world review. So um, we'll link to this ASICS one, the Athleta one, in the show notes. Um, and But if you, you know, if you Google running face masks um, – I think you'd be able to mm-hmm. find um, some, a, a variety of styles.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I have to say that a 61 is not inexpensive. It's $45.
1: So, um, well, you can use it. You can sip while wearing it though, Sarah. So, you know, <laughs> you can use it for multiple things.
0: Yeah. Um, so, all right. So um, if you are looking to wear and buy a mask, here are some tips that I found from a researcher at wake forest school of medicine that uh, knitted materials are less effective in filtering out particulate than woven materials and the difference between knitted and I was just
1: about to ask you that Sarah I know you awesome what is it
0: (laughs) so knitted is um it's when you think about it, it's like I think it's like more like t-shirt material it's softer it's I I know I'm not getting to the All the terminology, but think about it. Knitted means it feels more like a t-shirt or a sweater, whereas woven feels more like a blouse or a pair of trousers. And woven is because they can get tighter. Because of the manufacturing process, everything's pulled a lot tighter and it's a lot more, it's a more dense fabric.
1: Wow, we might um, have to call you Sarah Owen Tim Gunn Shay.
0: Um, so yeah, let's go. Let's all go to mood. Um, so, like so, and to that point of that a woven fabrics, woven material is more dense. If you can see sunlight through the fabric, it means it's not tightly woven enough. This researcher um, said. So, and if you, maybe if it's cloudy and you don't have the sun, you can always uh, try shining, you know, like the flashlight from your uh, mobile phone on, and if you can see it through there, then um, it's not tightly woven enough. And, but the most important thing that this researcher said is that the mask fits snugly to your face and covers your nose and mouth. So, you know, wearing your mask around your neck um, isn't doing anybody any good.
1: Sure, sure. Um, and at the end of the day, the World Health Organization actually advises against wearing masks while exercising, mm-hmm. as it may reduce the ability to breathe comfortably. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sarah, you, you don't, you're not using a mask currently, right?
0: I do not. I do not. I um, am fortunate enough to live here in Portland, where there's it's there's a lot of pedestrians, a lot of cyclists, but there's also a, enough room to give everybody at least six feet of um, clearance, if not a lot more than that. So, and I, I run in the street. So, if there's somebody walking their dog on the sidewalk, I'll even kind of edge out a little bit more into the street when I see them coming just to, um, I think, I think a lot of it is about comfort, you know, making people feel comfortable and staying, you know, oh, okay, I'll give you even more than six feet. I'll get, you know, I'll be 10 feet away from you. So, sure, um, sure. you know, being kind to people, you yeah. know, nice. Yeah, so all right, that was that was a little more technical than we usually get into. Well, I that. know. Good.
1: Thanks for doing the research. Thanks for doing the having lifting there. The heavy, the heavy weaving. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> um, I think you. By the time you got to Colgate, you probably didn't have to do it. We had to listen to in that um, class that everybody took. So for, as a background, Dimity and I both went to Colgate University, but she's six years younger than I am. So things might've changed in the intervening years, but you had to take that for that general education 101, um, you had, or maybe it was 102, but anyway, it was, um, we had to listen to this thing called the women who wove. And it was an audio history about like the Lowell, um, Mills, the, um, textile mills in lowell massachusetts not not ringing a bell no, no oh my gosh i remember i listened to it it was like early podcast-esque in a way because i remember i was for some reason cleaning my dorm room like i was vacuuming my dorm room who does that and, <laughs> and it was right before thanksgiving break and it made, they had like audio, you know, it was highly produced. So it had audio sound and had this clickety clack, clickety clack of the um, women, of the weaving machines. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh. That's so funny. Wow. Wow. That's very, um, very vivid memory you have of that. It
0: was. It wasn't. It's so odd. But and the women who wove and the, the, the um, you know, the narrator had a very interesting accent. It was like something off of like PBS or something. <laughs> um, so, all right. This final question is from Natalie in Clarks Summit, Pennsylvania.
2: Hi, this is Natalie calling from Clarks Summit, Pennsylvania. Uh, this might be a little bit of a TMI. It's kind of a two-part question also. So, now that it's summer, and even though it happens sometimes when it's not summer, I get some sweating down there, if you know what I mean. Uh, for some reason, it's the first thing to start sweating. And, um, I don't know if there's any way to kind of control that. And, uh, in there's the part two, which kind of goes along with it. I get chafing down in that area as well. And, um, I've tried, like, body glide, like, using a little bit of it, using a lot of bit of it, and I, I, it didn't really work. So, if you got any advice, that would be really helpful. Thank you. All right.
0: The first thing I thought when I heard this question was uh, that I'm going to have to try to notice on the next run if I can feel my crotch area sweating. Because I got to say, I'm really impressed that Natalie like, notices that that's the first part of her body to start sweating. Like sure. I get... <laughs>
1: Well, it's probably because it's a little irritated too. Right. And so if it's irritated and then you start sweating, you're going to, it's like a, it's like an itch, right? Like a mosquito bite or something like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that I notice it either. I mean, it is though one of the parts like, um, on the bike, like when I'm doing a workout, I will, you know, you definitely see the sweat stains there, like kind of Mm -hmm. in the, in the groin area Mm -hmm. like that and my sports bra are like the first two things that sweat. Right. Um, Oh, that that gets soaked up, I guess. Oh,
0: that gets soaked. And I mean, you know, I certainly come back and, you know, my clothes are definitely soaked in that area. You know, it's like I've sat in a little pool of water or something. So, um, but I've just, I'm not, I don't believe I've ever been consciously aware of the sweating itself. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now we've got something to concentrate on in our (laughs) next workout. So that'll be good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so my advice, Natalie, it might sound counterintuitive, but it's to wear tighter fitting bottoms So that way kind of the sweat doesn't drip, which for me is the bothersome sensation of sweat. Like the other night, um, the other evening, I took my 15-year-old twins to volunteer. You'll like this. I'm going to tell this side story, Dimity. Okay. uh, No, no, please don't. You've already started, but please don't. (laughs) I took John and Daphne, they just turned 15, to help stuff um, period packets, which are distributed by a nonprofit that was started here. Um, it's called period and it's called the menstrual movement and it gets um, menstrual supplies to uh, people who are ex- women who are experiencing homelessness. Nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so, but the reason I tell that is it was in a, you know, just some sort of um, like not factory, but um, like a, s- a warehouse and the room was, it was a big room, but it was so hot. And I was wearing like this loose fitting cotton knit, cotton t-shirt. And I could just feel the sweat just running down my back. And finally, I just reached around and patted on my back because what I wanted was to soak up the sweat. I didn't, I, I knew I was going to sweat, but I didn't like the feeling of the trickling sweat.
1: Sure, sure. It's almost like, like you know, watching a drip come out of the faucet, you're like, "Come on, you can do it, you can do it!" Like get down, get down, move it along. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. I hear you there. Yeah. I hear you there. Um, and I think, I mean, if you're not Natalie already um, going commando, which again is kind of you know, you almost think maybe you want more layers mm-hmm. on to kind of help soak up the sweat, but especially with the chafing. I mean, the chafing here is what I think is is the biggest we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, um, I mean, I think that that, you know, I think if we can get that cleared up, then it, maybe it won't be as noticeable. And, um, yeah, so, so commando, going back to commando, definitely do not wear underwear. Um, mm-hmm. and if you're like, wow, that is just so far out of my comfort zone, I cannot handle it. There are, um, You know, very technical underwear that like there's um, running specific underwear or, um, you know, like travel underwear. That's Mm -hmm. that's more of the tech fabric instead Mm of I mean, nothing cotton. Do not Mm -hmm. put on your little cotton Hanes Mm -hmm. Target Gap, you know, um, you know, beauties, because those are going to just eat you up from the inside out almost.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And also, you know, if, if you're having your period, don't wear a pad. Don't put it in a pad to soak up the sweat because that, that just kind of I just think the more stuff that you got, run, you know, that can crinkle and, and um, you know, abrade and chafe. That's where you're running into a problem. So and, you know, if you got one less layer, you're not wearing underwear. You know, you're going to take your nether region will stay a bit cooler, shall we say. Um, yeah. So, and as for the chafing, so when I was going through menopause, I have to say I was bothered pretty badly by, this is a TMI for sure, pretty badly by lady bits chafing. And my fail proof solution was coconut oil. And I had a jar of Trader Joe's organic coconut oil. It was different from the jar that I used to cook with Uh, it was specific specific for this usage and so what I actually did was I just you know scooped out a bunch I'd get a new jar from TJ's and then scoop out a bunch and put it into like a little you know Tupperware type thing or something and then I would just apply a good swipe of it right before heading out the door for a run yes that's a lot of TMI.
1: Puerto Rico, <laughs> yeah. Puerto Rico. And you had a nice little, uh, you were not chafed. That's awesome. I
2: yeah. definitely
1: feel like that's, you know, that is, a we just did a, cha- a chafing post on another motherrunner.com, which we will also link to. Um, and some other solutions that people talked about were um, A&D diaper ointment. Um, I know I've used that mm. um, when my cycling uh, situation has become very intense, um, especially like at night for healing. Um, and that brings back, you know, that's not coconut oil. That brings back like memories of like changing tables and (laughs) (laughs) and diaper pails. Um, and then, um, I mean, any kind of, uh, uh, there's a lot of sh- chamois cream that is yes. um, built for or designed, uh, created to be put on your pelvic region. Um, mm-hmm. It's you know, mostly made for cycling, um, and it's and it's you know it's designed to help kind of keep things smooth, keep things moving. You know, not to to keep not to allow things to. Uh, what would I say? I mean, you know, I could you know just to keep. Um, a bit, it's a barrier. About, what's that? What? It's a it's a barrier. Well, not a barrier, but I just think like sometimes like when you shift in your seat and it, you mm-hmm. don't have chamois cream on, it's like more of like a clunk instead of like a glide. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, like where you can kind of, it just keeps things seamless, I guess. And that's, and that, um, so it's, a, it's a layer of protectant. That's a, that was a really, really long way of saying that. Um, but anyway, so, um, I've been using hoo glide, um, which Ooh. is really nice. Um, some of, other people swear by, um, Uh, D's Nuts, which is a, a, uh, another chamois cream that, um, but anything, you know, you could try a bunch of like get small tubes and see what feels good. Mm -hmm. Um, A little goes a long way, but I definitely feel like if we can get the chafing feeling better. And then just going back to those shorts that need to be um, tighter fitting. I just wanted to clarify, I think that she should wear like, um, you know, tight short, not, not like running shorts that have a liner in them, but just actually like Lycra shorts. You yeah. Know? Oh,
0: yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to call them booty shorts because that's what we call the volleyball situation. But you don't—they don't have to be short. They just have to be tight. And if that mm-hmm. doesn't Fitted. feel good, um, you know, to you uh, to be running out in those, you can get a skirt with those on the bottom mm-hmm.
0: underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah, I just, I think, just think holding like, it all closer, closer is going to be a better so move. Better move. I agree. I agree. And then ring it out at the end, sister, and get up and do it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're looking for some questions, right, Sarah?
0: Yes, we are. Yes.
1: Um, so we um, we here's how to give us questions. <laughs> it's uh, 470-BADASS-1, which is 470-223-2771. Um, leave your first name and where you're calling from, especially if you're calling from one of our stomping grounds, let us know old stomping grounds, (laughs) uh, keep your message to 90 seconds or less.
0: Yes. And please subscribe to the Another Mother Runner podcast wherever you get your podcast, because then it automatically downloads. It counts toward downloads. That's what is important for us helping keep the lights on here um, is the number of downloads. And it also means that you never miss an episode because now we have answers every other tuesday the tuesdays that there's no answers there's dimity and amr trains and then of course the friday show the, the mother load the um our original show um so yes if you subscribe you will they will
1: automatically show up wherever you get your podcasts keep the questions coming because we're always here with some answers and some side stories
0: and some tmi yeah <laughs>